I've learned some few things today. Number one, there's something spiritual about NASCAR. I never knew that. I enjoyed that, Bill. Number two is you don't argue history with your kiddos. <laughs> Learn some things about the Alamo that I didn't know. Last time I spoke to you, it was similar circumstances. It was kind of short notice, and I kind of want to continue with where I was going. I, I, if you remember, I spoke to you a little bit about, about some things Jesus uh, told his followers that last night before his trial and before his crucifixion. And he said some powerful words to him. And I want to kind of just go back for a second and review a little bit and just tell you. He told him to abide in me, the importance of stay in me, you know, because you're going to see some difficult times and you're going to have some problems and issues come up in your life, but you've got to stay with me. He also told him, I think one of the most important things he told him was don't be afraid. This is part of my father's plan. So don't be afraid of what you're fixing to see and what you're fixing to experience. He also told him, says, I want you to remember something. You're going to be hated for making that stand for God. But you've got to remember that they hated me first. And so that's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> You'd think you could want to be a, a faithful Christian. You could go through this life being appreciated and being loved. But people are going to hate you for it. And that's sad. It speaks to the... It speaks to the sin of this world. He also told him to be careful. He says, they're going to tempt you. When people are going wrong, they're going to want to take everybody down with them, you included. So be careful. He also told him you need to learn to get along with each other. And when you look back at the history of the church, we haven't always done a good job at that. But Jesus said these words. He also told him, says, man, if you need anything, you just ask. I want you to remember that you've got a friend. How great that is. What kind of assurance that is. And so we look at these words, look back on them, we see that they are just great words. And, and even to this day, they're so applicable to our life today. And Jesus was, said these words. He was trying to help them build their faith. To build a faith that was a lasting faith, a permanent faith, a a faith that would get them through the difficulties that they were fixing to face in life. And so I still wanted to kind of continue because I wanted to talk about faith because I think that's so important to us today and especially in today's times. And I thought about, you know, what kind of faith do I want? And I'm kind of doing this with kind of an eye toward this summer series that we're having. You've been seeing some advertisement for it in your bulletin. And I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about. And it's going to talk about people that really lived their life by their faith and did some amazing things in this world because of the faith they had in God. And so... I want the faith of, I want you to stop just one second. I'm going to give you five seconds. I want you to just think in your mind, what kind of faith do you want? Who do you want to pattern your life after? What kind of, what person stands out in, in, in scripture that you want to have their kind of faith? And go to Hebrews 11. That's a huge section on that honor roll hall of fame in the faith award. I mean, it's this tremendous reading about people who did some amazing things, 
because of the faith they had in God. Who are you patterning your life after? And I've got about four here that I want to talk just briefly about. First one was the thief on the cross. Now, I know that was kind of when I first thought about that, I said, man, what's so faithful about what he did? You know, but I think about what that thief went through to get put on that cross right beside Jesus. And I think about what he experienced and saw during that crucifixion of Jesus, the violence, the chaos, the, the bigotry, the public opinion, the turmoil, the noise, the confusion. And in the midst of all that, what did he see? Hanging on that cross with a man that was hanging beside him, And I don't know what this thief knew about Jesus. But yet, in the middle of all that mess, he saw Jesus. And in fact, you remember he chided his cohort, the other criminal, for taking a stand against Jesus and says, this man did nothing wrong. We deserve what we get. But this man did nothing wrong. And then he asked him, I want you to open your Bible, if you would, over to Luke 23. I want you to hear these words that Jesus said. We've heard them many, many times, but I want to read them and just ponder them a second. 23rd chapter of Luke, verses 42. 42 and 43. Let me start in 41 or 40. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's a pretty profound statement there from that thief. And he said to him, Jesus said, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I think that speaks volumes for a person's faith that can live the kind of life he lived and become the kind of scoundrel and thief that he was in life. In the middle of all that around that crucifixion, he still managed to find Jesus. So what does that say about our faith today? Do we live today in a, a world of chaos? Do we live today in a world of noise? There was a song, you know, uh, Willie Nelson has a son. I think his name is Lucas, Lucas Nelson. And I heard a song of his on the radio yesterday. The title of the song, I think, is so beautiful. He says, I'm going to quit watching news and I'm going to build a garden. (laughs) And man, I love that. I love that. Because there is so much noise out there today to turn us away from where God wants us to be as people. And we know that if this world could have any one thing It needs Jesus, doesn't it? 
And here's this thief in a hectic, confusing, noisy situation. And yet he finds Jesus. I want that kind of faith. Because I'm going to tell you, I get caught up in the noise. And I appreciate you kiddos being down front. And let me tell you something. You're going to find out when you grow up, us adults, we like to make a lot of noise. (laughs) And we can confuse you, and you know that. (laughs) And we can confuse you, and we can send wrong messages out. But our message today is, is to look toward Jesus, no matter where you are, and keep that focus and keep your faith over in Jesus. The second example of faith that I want to look at, and just turn back to Luke chapter 7, this beautiful story of this woman who washed Jesus' feet. And when Jesus came in and sat down, if you remember, she took that, that jar of alabaster and broke it open and poured it on his feet and took her hair and wiped his feet down. And it was her way of expressing her love for Jesus and her worship for Jesus, her adoration of Jesus. And the Pharisee is sitting over there in his high and mighty, arrogant ways and He says, if this man only knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't even let her touch him. Boy, it just just opens up your eyes and makes you think of why Jesus would be so, he was so, what's the word, agitated and frustrated with dealing with those Jewish leaders who just refused to think about people and the needs of people and what they needed and just just hammering on them how much more righteous they were than them. And look at verse 7, 48. In chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, verse uh, 48 through 50. Now, I'm going to start in 44. I mean, I'm going to start at 44. I'm sorry. Do you see this woman? This is Jesus speaking. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she has loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins... Are forgiven. What a beautiful, beautiful story. What a beautiful story of sacrifice. There's all kind of estimates of how much that alabaster was worth. And some people even compared it to maybe her, her diary for the future, or maybe as we might see it today, it's her retirement fund to live on for the rest of her life. It's a story of doubt, of skepticism, of pride, a lack of concern on the Pharisee's part. But when you get down to the essence of it, it's a story of forgiveness and a story of love. I want a faith like that woman had, where she was not ashamed to bear all before Jesus, where she was not ashamed to bow down in front of him and give all that she had to give him. 
and to do it in such a way that was so upfront and so personal and so loving and so kind, knowing that she could come to Jesus in that way and he would just reach out and love her and forgive her and take her into his family. That's the kind of faith I want. I want a faith that I don't worry about what people think about me and the way I worship or or don't worry about me. I'm not worried about what I say and how I act in public. That I won't sit and and go along with everybody else because it's the popular thing to do. While Jesus gave so much for me that sometimes I'm ashamed to even speak up for him. That's the kind of faith that I want. And then we go over to Esther. If you would, turn over to the book of Esther with me. We're going to read just a bit out of Esther chapter 4. I want a faith like Esther, a woman that was taken out of her her home and taken to a a different kind of culture and through nothing of her own, the only thing she had going against her was she was a beautiful woman. And this king, they were trying to get to find a suitable queen that she could go into a, a stranger's home for any kind of use, whatever he wanted to do with her, to be in her service for this king. You can imagine what she had to go through and just how traumatic that was for her to do. And yet, while she's there, she discovers this plot this plot to kill off the seed line of our Savior, Jesus. I had a, uh, uh, I guess it was, wasn't, it was part of a, a history class I had taken in, in, at sunset, and part of that lesson was what Jesus did, I mean, what God did to save the seed line of Jesus. And Esther was part of those heroes that made that stand that saved the whole Jewish race. It could have been. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? And look what her uh, look what the message was from uh, Mordecai. I want you to look at uh, verse fourteen, or start at twelve. I had these verses, and I'm expanding every one when I see it. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. I'm in chapter four of the book of Esther. Then Mordecai had told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And then that beautiful, beautiful question. And, and who knows whether you have not come to this kingdom for what? Say it. Such a time as this. It's the kind of faith I want. But I can realize that God has put me somewhere at some time for a specific reason to help save someone. Sometimes I'm afraid that I... Well, I'm getting so emotional. 
I go through life and I think I'm just doing it for the blessings I get. But man, I got people that depend on me. I have a heritage in the, in the Lord's church that I need to work for and to look out for. And people that don't know the Lord. And people are going through life and they're messing it up horribly and their family is messing it up. They have children that have no clue what a good life can be like. And I'm just sitting back here enjoying what blessings I get and don't do anything about it. I feel like one of those Pharisees. <laughs> Know why Jesus was so upset with them. That's the kind of faith I want. I want the kind of faith that takes those opportunities and has a chance to help someone who needs Jesus. We might not ever make a difference in the whole world, but you know what? I think we can make Tyler a better place. I really do. So that's the kind of faith I want. Go to 1 Samuel 17, the story of David and Goliath. <laughs> Once again, that's the kind of faith I want. Little old David, <laughs> little old David facing Goliath. And I know that's a kid's story. That would have been as good as Davy telling the Alamo story. <laughs> you know, that's a good story for our kids. I want that faith that allows me to go out and face a Goliath in this world. Astounding to me. Nobody in that camp gave him a chance. Come upon the, come upon the situation and what's the, the leader of the army, Saul, has led his Israelites, God's chosen people, a God that would do anything for his people, and he has them stuck in a battle. The enemy's on one side, he's on the other, and they're not doing anything. Here comes David. Let me at him. <laughs> Let me have some of the old Goliath. I'll show him who's boss. And Saul says, well, you better put my armor on. So I don't need your armor. <laughs> I've got God. I've got God. I think nothing... Opens my eyes more about this story. Look in verse 36. 1 Samuel 17, verse 36. David says, Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Isn't it about time? that we took it serious to defend God's great name? Isn't that what we're supposed to do as a church? To let this world know how great God is, the God that we serve, the God that gave us life, that gave us the precious gift of our children, that gave us our families, and gave us a place to come worship Him. Isn't it about time we took that serious? That's what David did. David wasn't worried about how tall he was, how big he was. The fact that he had ridiculed God. 
That's what got David mad about him. Drop down to verse 45. Same chapter. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down, and I'm going to cut off your head. <laughs> that little David looking, I'm going to cut off your head. That's the kind of faith I want. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. When I get through with you, I'm going to get your army behind you. I'm not stopping with just you. That's the kind of faith I want. My goodness. My goodness. David never felt alone. God fought David's battles. And when David went out on his own... That's when he had trouble. Remember that little story about Bathsheba? (laughs) Man, there's so many others that are lined up. I think about the woman who wanted to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, crawl through them people just to reach out and get a touch of Jesus. Do we have the faith to do that? To go through that kind of hardship, to try that hard just to get a touch of Jesus? I think about the early church David had mentioned in class, all the persecution they went to. Do we have that kind of faith to stand up and do that? The battle of Jericho, marching around seven times, seven days. Can you imagine the ridicule they got and how they felt? And they were probably, I know those Israelites, they were probably wondering, I don't know. (laughs) Think about Cornelius. I think about Stephen. Great examples of people living by faith and putting it all on the line for the cause of Jesus. That's the kind of faith I want. And I hope that's the kind of faith you want too. I hope we can learn something from those examples. I'm looking forward to this summer. I can't wait. It's going to be some great, great lessons. And I tell you, it starts with our faith. Will you have enough faith to be here to share in it? If there's anything we can do for you, anything at all, today's the day. Come today, get it right with God, and do that as we stand and as we sing.